you want to talk about you want to talk about Indy first or the 600 first um I guess the 600 is a little bit a little bit more controversial right yeah that's what you think yeah it is it's been such a hell of a weekend I guess I forgot how controversial yeah. Indy was yeah let's uh let's fine let's do the 600 all right sounds good Welcome to the Big Motor Small Blade Podcast. I'm Buddy Pulley. And I'm Seth Dolby. And Ryan Blaney, after 59 races, has finally gotten back to victory lane. We'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about Ross Chastain turning Chase Elliott into Denny Hamlin. <laughs> I, knew you'd get, I knew you'd get a laugh out of that. Uh, Chase Elliott obviously suspended. Corey LaJoy replacing him in the nine car and much, much more, as well as um, Ask Big Mender Small Blade next on the Big Mender Small Blade podcast. Roll it. Roll what? Our, our podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, that thing we do where we talk in front of a camera like a bunch of blowhards for a couple hours and then <laughs> blowhards. I uh, use that. I use that this weekend. Uh, I think I jokingly called Dale, not Dale, David Land below blowhard to Darian, and he thought that was pretty funny. Jokingly, yeah, uh, jokingly. I called David Land a blowhard very seriously. Um, we're all blowhards if you really think about it. I mean, honestly, yeah. Um, you know, also blew hard was the fucking rain. Fuck this, dude. I'll take your word for it. Uh, it was, it was, yeah, you know what? Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Fuck you. You got all the best parts of the whole weekend. Um, yeah. Um, if y'all didn't know, Seth did the double. And if you follow Jeff, Jeff Gluck on Twitter, you know that Seth did the double. About um, eighty thousand people know that I did the. I was at 80, least eighty thousand. That's how many views. Holy shit! Well, that's how many views Gluck's tweet has, and mine has about thirty thousand. So about eighty thousand people get some sort of uptick in listenership this week. We got sure a famous hope. person on this podcast. Apparently, so yeah, about eighty thousand people knew I was planning on doing it, and about thirty. Last I checked, thirty-two thousand people know that I completed it, which I it just blows my mind that anything yeah. i posted has that much viewership and interaction and it's all been positive which i mean i don't know how it could be negative but it's fucking twitter i kind of expected something i mean yeah i mean there's people out there that think chase elliott was innocent <laughs> that's true so um, yeah i anyway we'll get more into that i think in the the indie yeah we're, what, so episode. what what the plan is we're gonna we're gonna um we're going to talk about the 600 and talk about Indy, but I think we're going to break it up into parts um, just because obviously there's a lot to talk about. We had 900 miles of racing on Monday, um, and then the Indy 500 was, you know, a whole a whole thing itself. So um, anyway, <clears throat> it rained uh, pretty much. Well, the truck race went off without a hitch. Um, I did not go to the truck race because of a uh, family issue, we'll call it. Um, and so I was at Charlotte Wednesday night and didn't see racing until Monday. <laughs> like that That's was um, that was frustrating. Uh, yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. Um, it, we sat through, 
we didn't really sit through much of the rain on Saturday. Um, we they kind of caught it early enough, I think. I don't remember. All these days ran together, and then Sunday was absolutely miserable. Like, I mean, it rained. I've never seen it rain two days straight in my entire life. Like the amount, like I've never like I normally it rains and you know you'll have an hour or two where it doesn't rain. No, it there was water coming from the sky all day Saturday and Sunday. It did not stop. That's that's uh that's a rough go there. Yeah. Um thank God that um thank God that it did rain Sunday though because I had I'm we had thankful. a big night. We had a yeah for you. Yeah, I also had a big night Saturday night. I had a big week, dude. I had a big two. We've had a big two weeks. It's well, yeah. It's it's been a big, crazy year, just in general. I mean, I know we We've did been a lot to last nine, year. Nine cup races already have, this year, but yeah. Okay, I, I've I, been to nine. You've been to eight plus the Indy five hundred. So I mean, yeah, they count. We're not doing Jaguar rules. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into all that, but no, we're not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, nine majors, I guess we'll put it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's just those, and that's not counting feeders. Now, granted, we've skipped several feeders uh, this year, which has helped me personally as far as feeling yeah. exhausted and burnout. Um, yeah, just having that one day at least where you can kind of not do anything. Yeah, pretty nice. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Wilkesboro was last week. Like I said, I got to Charlotte Wednesday night. Um, Thursday, we did some things like just beat bopped around Charlotte. And then Friday did basically the same thing. I can't really remember. Hung out with Noah Gregson a little bit on Thursday. That was fun. Um, I've, if you've listened to the podcast a while, you know, I've never really been a big fan of Noah Gregson, but um, I'm I'm changing my tune, man. He seems like an all right guy. Uh, shout out to Zen Daddy. Um, do you know? Yeah, you know yeah, who Zen you, Daddy is. Yeah, yeah you okay. explained that to me yesterday. I I did not know what the hell you're yeah. talking about when you called yeah. him that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was that was fun. That's all I can remember from Thursday, really. Um, Carrie Earnhardt had a big to do and. There was like uh talked to Graham Smith a lot and saw Marcus and you know just hung out downtown Kannapolis. So that's cool. Um Carrie Earnhardt's got good beer. Always appreciate that. Um I'll have to try some sometime. Yep. Yep. Um I like uh he had I can't remember what the beer was called last year. I'm pretty sure the can's sitting five feet from me, but I can't read because I don't have glasses. Um <clears throat> But anyway, good beer. We appreciate good beer. I think that was where I was going with that. So did, um, are, are you implying that he does he come out with a beer every year? I don't know. I don't really know the logistics or the scheduling behind it. I feel mm-hmm. like that's a question for like Carrie Earnhardt. Um, by the way, Carrie Earnhardt is the father of Jeffrey Earnhardt, if you didn't know that, Seth. Which is gross. Um yeah. I have to not think about that every time. Yeah. Um and then Friday, I don't really remember at all, if I'm being completely honest with you. <laughs> Were you hammered? Were you in it to win no, it? No, I I had I had some free samples of Day Chaser at Hendrick. Um 
and how big that, is a yeah. free sample like like a shot less than a shot less than a like, shot. Okay. yeah so i just it was dude this was a long weekend i don't remember anything that happened it was thoroughly a long weekend there's yeah. no no doubt about that one yeah i woke up uh saturday obviously it rained for the xfinity race we went out to saeed's if you guys listen to door bumper clear you know what saeed's is it's the bar that they all go to um uh you know we went there um <laughs> uh, it is uh it is interesting seeing Freddie Kraft in this element. Oh boy. And not not talking about the spotter stand. That man is a I mean he's a fun time. Sounds like it. Sounds like they uh they get up to some shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean he um you know it's it's just cool seeing like guys that you know you watch on TV, seeing the sport, whatever, and then just seeing them out at the bar and getting them, you know chumming up a little bit his brother john's fucking hilarious um and then um actually i'm gonna save this le- this last part of the story for for later on in the show because i i got a, a accolade i want to give a certain person okay and so i'm gonna i'm gonna wait for that but anyway went out saeed's that was that was a fun time um it's karaoke bar in cornelius and i did not do karaoke seth you should have um, uh, what what would I've done? You would have Actually, done. We know what I would have done. Well, okay, we know what you would have done. It would have. I been... would have done "Get Money" by Young Gravy. Oh, that's not what I was saying. And they would have had a riot. They would be like, a... "No, get this, get this fucking." Never mind. I can't say that, but get this kid out of here. I was thinking, um, whatever that Chili Pepper song is, but um, oh, can't stop. Yeah. Oh, that would that have been a good karaoke. I feel like someone did that. Probably. I don't, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever heard it karaoke, but I'm sure it's fun. I headbutted the shit out of Freddie Kraft's wife by accident. I feel I still feel really bad about it. And she I apologized just, to me. So. um, Sorry, you, Megan. You, yeah. Yeah. Cole Custer didn't know how to get the fuck out of the way when someone's trying to get to the bar. Well, that's Cole Custer for you. So. I guess, dude. Well, I guess. No, I wasn't trying to get to the bar. I was trying to get water. So I was trying to be a responsible adult, and Cole Custer's over there just in the damn I'm like, dude, Cole, move. Fucking hell. <laughs> damn, Cole, get out of here. Yeah. No, I don't. Never mind. Um, other than that, I've had a God, I was fucking, I was hammered Saturday night. And so Sunday, I woke up and had to act like, you know, I was a person. And we got to the track, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained. And I'm like, and they were like, there's a window. I was like, yeah, and the window's wet. <laughs> like, it was it was dumb. Um, I was frustrated because if I, I would try to move my car closer to where we were trying to go in the parking lot, but my phone wouldn't load when I was trying to load or watch the Indy 500, so I had to have move my car, and then more people would come, and so the service would die. By the way, service at Charlotte, fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. absolutely horrible um i don't ever remember it being that bad dude it what dude i mean me and mom we were like we need new phones like this is fucking ridiculous yeah like it was horrible i mean wilkesboro last week our shit were great yeah out in the middle of wilkes county yeah like they're in a cell tower within 400 miles i swear to god um but then you get to charlotte north carolina and nothing i don't know but, I, um, I feel like that almost makes it worse. 
being in a yeah i guess more people yeah Yeah. but it was so anyway i'm trying to watch the indy 500 on my phone that was the lost cause so i decided we walked to the nascar trailer and watched the 500 and what happened with that happened and um then they called the race finally so yeah i just remember the indy 500 ending and i'm walking down to the media center to try and score a picture or autograph or whatever with Joseph Newgarden, which did Fucking not happen nerd. because did not happen because he stayed in there forever. Roger Pinsky literally nerd. brought him McDonald's and a beer, which would have been hilarious to see. But dude, oh man. But anyway, I checked my weather app and I, I'm I'm like my hold brain. On. I'd be hold on, hold on. I know Joseph was he was he was very excited about the McDonald's. Yes. But you know, you're Roger Pinsky. You own like IndyCar. You own like Pinsky Truck Colonel. You own, I don't know, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You're only like a bazillionaire. You're only like the richest man in motorsports. And I guarantee you, he got a Miller Lite from a fucking cabana in the middle of the Pagoda Plaza. And then he got someone, some fucking grubby that gets coffee for him to go get McDonald's. Well, so I haven't Roger seen Pinsky it. spent four dollars on his Indy 500 champion. I haven't seen it, but I'm pretty sure it's it was a Coors Light because when and David was talking every about it later, sense of the word Indy five, his Indy 500 chip. He runs the series, he runs the track, he runs that fucking car, and he he was like, "Here's fucking, here's a fucking McChicken asshole." <laughs> well, anyway, I remember I remember hearing it was a Coors Light, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" I saw a guy bringing a case of Coors Light into the media center. It Miller Light. Hold on, what? Miller and Coors are the same company. Oh, yeah, that's right. I yeah. forgot about that. I only pass by the brewery like every time I go to Charlotte. Miller Lite is sponsors the carb day and then Coors Light sponsors a different day. Uh, I got a, I got a, I got three sundresses. So when we get to that, just be ready. Fair enough. You um, just reminded me. I haven't even written. I haven't written anything down. For I have an sundress. honorary sundress, too. Um, I need to write that down. pretty easy, so I don't feel uh, like I yeah. need to write um, that one down. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think we have to write that one down. It's Chase Elliott, if anyone didn't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, little William Clyde. Oh, old Chuck. Old Chuck. Old Chuck Elliott. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, and then, you know, we finally got the race Monday. Um, you did the double um like i said we'll talk about that more later um if you uh care to know about seth's journey from the cornfields of indiana to the hustle and bustle and zero cell service of charlotte um way better (laughs) self but three hundred thousand people way better cell service in indianapolis fuck yeah fuck you another reason i can't stand indycar Um, oh, you're such a degenerate. hey man! You can't you can't tell me that Verizon doesn't pump the numbers up, bro. Probably, but fuck yeah, it. They probably do. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, we were actually we we're talking to security um at Charlotte the other day. Um, shout out to Greg and shout out to all the security at Charlotte. Um, he was talking about when Sprint sponsored Cup, and they used to um they used to bump up the the service for Sprint and like kill everybody else. <laughs> I was like, I don't. I feel like that's like legal, but all right. I mean, it probably is. All they had to do is lobby yeah, it. I mean, obviously, yeah. And then but, they put uh, up that cell tower over there on top of the water tower, and now everybody's service is terrible. Um, yeah, go figure. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, we all raced on Monday and it was, I dubbed it the world 900 and I think it caught on. Um, and Justin Haley completed all but one lap, which is pretty incredible. Shout out to him. Um, I really got, if Ty Gibbs would have won, I would have been disappointed though. Cause Kyle Busch definitely could have beat him, but Ty Gibbs didn't win. So all is right in the world. And also JJ Haley himself, Haley, not Yaley. Um, he beat Ty Gibbs by one lap in completing the world 900. So shout out to the boy. Kudos to the Justin and not yeah. even, not even his seat, not his pedals. Yeah. So in the, in the words of Brandon Jones, talking about Ty Gibbs, fuck that kid. Did he say that? Or are you paraphrasing? He said those exact words to my face the other day. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You told me that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, all right, Seth, was the Coca-Cola 600 a good race? We'll just get right into it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. It was a great race. Okay. All right. This is about to be weird. I I guess my expectations were way higher judging by last year. I thought it was a good race. In what was, way was this yeah, worse I, than last I, year? Um, there were there were a lot more. There was a lot more action at the front of the field than there was this year. I feel like that's fair, but I that's the inevitability. Obviously, of last year was just absolutely insane, insane thing. thing ever, and. I get, yeah, I don't know. I mean, no, I'm not saying it. it was a good race. It was a very good race, and I had fun with it. And it was nice to see because it only proves that Charlotte is back. And it just, the Coca-Cola 600, you know, obviously it's a crown jewel race. Um, and it had kind of lost its luster because you'd go there and someone would lead 300-something laps of the race, and it'd be boring as all hell and we'd be like why the fuck do we go to charlotte um let's make it a road course in, in the fall um and now that it's finally producing good racing again i think it adds back to the uh to the prestige of the coca-cola 600 yeah it 100 percent does i mean yeah watching that watching that especially the first especially the first stage. Like I was grinning the yeah. entire first stage. Like yeah. I was having a blast. Dude, it was cool cuz they could rip the top and I mean they you could run all over the track. Yeah. You could run all over the track and it was something I I didn't expect them to be able to run the top quite as well just because of how cool it was. Um it was a very cold weekend in Charlotte. Um I guess that's what I get. I, I don't go to Charlotte for one year and the whole place falls apart. Um, and, but yeah, anyway, I was surprised at the, at how racy the track was it being so cool. Yeah, I was too. Uh, well, 
I don't know. I guess I didn't feel like it was as cool, maybe as you did, but I figured I was just cold. To be cool. Well, it was it's cooler a rel- than normal. it's a relative yeah. term. Yeah, exactly. It was a whole lot cooler than a lot. Last year, I think mom said it was like 90 something degrees. It was like 80 something that night, whereas it was in the low 60s. Yeah. For the majority of this race. The interesting thing to me is it did it by the end of the race, it was. It felt, I think it got, it felt like it was about 10 degrees cooler and it was about 10 degrees cooler and the sun had gone down obviously. And the change the sun was never really out. No, but yeah, it was, it was dark now. And, um, the interesting thing was how visually obvious the change in the track was, um, from the stands. I thought that was really interesting. It didn't get it. It got less fun once it got dark. I feel like. I don't know what that's down to, um, but it seemed like dirty air was more of a problem. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, you don't have as much. You don't have as much of the things that that make it, you know, great. Guys aren't slipping as much. They're not making mistakes. You know, tire wears maybe not as much. Well, they definitely did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's uh, it's not as. Uh, I'll put a, it's not as accident prone. I would imagine, you know, when it's cooler conditions. And so, yeah, I think part of it too, was that the way the race played out there, it wasn't like the calamity and the chaos wasn't mostly happening at the front. So Blaney was clearly the best car. Yeah. And when he got out in front, it was obvious. And Byron was pretty clearly the second best car and it was obvious. And so that plays a major part into it too, because the second best car is not going to go up and pass the first best car nine times out of 10. So it does make that more apparent, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, um, it was interesting that the Fords, I mean, they've been nowhere all year long and Blaney just whooped their ass. Yeah. Well, okay. It's hard to say whooped their ass when we saw what we saw last week at Wilkesboro and Kyle Larson. But um, for this I mean, race, he, no, he, yeah, he yeah. had a he had the best car, and we haven't. I I can't remember the last time we saw a Ford that had the best car, Joey Logano. But at a downforce track, I yeah. can't remember. And I don't think at all in the next gen era has a Ford had the best car in a race. Yeah, I if they have, I guess. Yeah, I guess Joey Logano at gateway or something i don't yeah. really i mean know, joey but... at probably vegas that's the only one i could think of and i he was not the best car that day yeah it was probably um, ross um yeah um but yeah i mean there was um obviously not as, not as much attrition as there was last year and i think and i'm glad that it's i was worried about that too because i it was a good race and i was worried a lot of people would be kind of let down and they would kind of look at this race and be like, that was not, you know, just the stark difference in, in, I guess, immediate optics. Cause like, it took me a minute after when the race ended, I was like, it was okay. And then like, as I started thinking about it, I was like, no, a lot of shit happened. That was a really good race. Um, And I think a lot of people agree with that. 
And I was kind of surprised about that. I, thought, I feel like the difference wasn't really as stark as maybe it seemed. I just think the, cause I mean, like, I mean, we had 16 cautions. That's not nothing. Yeah, dude. I heard that number this morning. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I yeah, couldn't I, remember. I couldn't believe that. I'm still trying to kind of go through it, but I think, yeah. I think, I think the only stark difference was more the, I guess, severity of the incidents we had last year. I mean, obviously we had the Chris Busher incident. Yeah. We had the the major Daniel Suarez best car incident that made yeah, it more. I mean, well, well that was just, the same yeah. one. But anyway, that was the same. Well, incident. like we said, more more action at the front of the field. There were more comers and goers. There was it was just it was all around insane race. I this mean, like if Blaney's was, if Blaney's crew was as bad as Suarez's was last year, it might be it might exactly. be more noticeable. And here's another thing is I thought I was kind of worried about this because we saw Vegas last year um, in the spring and the fall really were both really good races. And then the, we get to Vegas in the spring this year and it wasn't nearly as good as either of the other two. And I was kind of worried about that with the 600. I thought maybe, you know, we saw the absolute barn burden last year. And I thought we were going to, I was like, man, I'm worried we're going to see a mid ass race. It's they're going to, you know, they obviously figured out the next gen a lot more, but I mean, I, you know, it wasn't Hendrick heavy. Like everyone, like I think everybody thought it was going to be, I thought Hendrick could track house. I was like, one of those six cars is going to win this race and yeah. it's going to be hard to beat them. Um, and track house was nowhere. No, like Ross Chastain was horrible. Daniel Suarez, I got caught up in the Kyle Busch wreck. I think he was running top five, top 10 when that happened. But after that, it's nowhere to be seen. Um, so that's that was weird. Um, Larson wasn't nearly as strong as he's been. Chase Elliott ran about where Chase Elliott's run. Um, Alex Bowman ran 12th, obviously, his first race back. Um, and then William Byron obviously ran second, but was never – just no one was going to touch Blaney. Yeah, Byron was where they were because they were so good on pit road. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, they would have been good without that, but that's the reason they were second, third all day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Ryan Blaney winning, like, obviously, big deal. He breaks a winless streak. But also, like, yeah. Blaney's like, um, yeah, I've been hard on Blaney a lot because he hasn't. I think Kyle Petty said it. He, he was like the Casey Kane of our era where you expect the, you know, you expect the world from Ryan Blaney, but, you know, you don't get shit. And, you know, it's kind of, he's kind of been a little bit of a letdown. Um, but I think, I think last year lit a fire under him. I think you saw it at like Phoenix specifically um, when he lost to Joey Logano. And they, you know, they get out and ask him, you know, you happy for Joey? And he's like, no, I wanted to win the race. And I think, I think he really, you know, even though he's signed a contract extension, I think he really, you know, kind of looked at it. It was like, shit, like I got to make this work. And I mean, he's been, he's been okay this year. He hasn't, he's kind of flown under the radar, but I mean, this was a statement. It was the first time Ryan Blaney's dominated race ever. And well, um, and completely and one and one, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's the Coca-Cola 600. Like it's a fucking big deal. Yeah. Like you get a ring. 
Is is there only two races you get a ring for in this series? No, you get well. Okay, I guess you get a ring. You get a ring for uh, the five hundred, technically the six hundred, a... um, Darlington. Do you? Okay. Yep. And then uh, I think the All Star race you do too, and I guess Indy, but Indy doesn't count. Um, everybody knows Crown Jewels five hundred, Southern five hundred, and the Coke six hundred. And, and then the fourth one would be Bristol over Indy. I'm sorry, I will die on that hill. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to win one of the crown jewel races, one, you know, breaking a long winless streak like it is, but also go out and dominate. I mean, guys just don't do that. Um, and I think it it ups the expectations for Ryan Blaney for the rest of the year. He can't go back to what he does, win one race a year, and then – um, fade off into you know six to tenth place finishes every week, and you know get eliminated in the round of eight. He's gotta he's gotta take this and go forward. Like he's gotta make something out of this. I mean, I guess it. I mean, I kind I I kind of agree with you. I kind of don't just because Penske as a whole has been not really anywhere this year. Yeah, but now you proved you can do it. Yeah, you did. But how many? I mean, that's very, that's fairly common in motorsport. To have one time where you hit on it, especially a weekend where you didn't have practice and qualifying. Yeah, and a lot of, I just, a lot of guys, a lot of guys came to this race with just, they did not have it and they would have had a better shot at it if they had practice and qualifying. That's that not an excuse. True. I that's didn't not think an excuse, about that either. That is a, yeah. So, like, track house, no way there's that slow if we have practice and qualifying. No. The five team completely missed it. There's no chance that happens if we don't if we have yeah. practice qualifying. So while it is impressive and it will be disappointing for the 12 team and Blaney fans and Blaney himself, if this is the only time it happens, it wouldn't really be that surprising to me. Yeah, but I also look at like this this month in in general. We said it a while back. This is gonna this is the month. These, you know, Dover, Darlington, even Wilkesboro to an extent, and then Charlotte, and then also Kansas is in there too. They were going to be four point span races where you, we were going to learn who's going to run for this title. And I mean, the fact that Blaney had some good runs in there, I think he didn't he finish third or fourth at Dover. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, I don't remember what he did at Darlington or Kansas, but um, he, you know, obviously winning the six hundred. Um, I think it kind of he's got to he's got to feel good and he's got to feel like he can establish himself as a top dog at Penske right now because Joey Logano hadn't really been anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know he's got to. You know, the Ford has really been carried this year by Kevin Harvick. And he hasn't, I mean, he's just been consistent. That's it. And I think that, you know, now Blaney kind of has to pick that up. Um, yeah, I mean, and, they they definitely need to use this as a springboard. If, if they don't, then I I guess it's, if they, it's either, I think it's still very likely like, that we're back to like the I same said, narrative with, with Blaney. Like I said, I think... Um, I think Blaney's got a fire lit under him. Like, I mean, we haven't seen that kind of emotion out of Ryan Blaney ever. 
I mean, Ryan Blaney, he's got a great personality, but you, he's not like one of those emotional guys. It's kind of like I relate it to the Christopher Bell at Martinsville last year when Bell got out of the car after making the Final Four and he's in tears and it's like, wow, you know, he, he's got that in him. It's just buried way deep down. And Ryan Blaney got out of the car after winning the Coca-Cola 600 and cried. Yeah. Like he was, he was, he was choked up because one, it's been a while and two, it's, you know, I think he knows there's a lot of expectations for him. And I think it was a weight lifted off his shoulders. That, okay. I could still do this. You know, let's, let's go make a statement out of this. Well, it was a weird thing too. Cause usually when Ryan Blaney is, is dominating a race and leading, you always just kind of, I don't know how you felt about it, but I, I always, I, you always feel like Blaney, there's something's going to happen to him or they're going to do something. And I just did not feel, I didn't that, feel way. that no, yeah, I didn't way. I didn't feel, feel that, that at way. all. Yeah. It was just like, we we're coming down to the end. I'm like, he's got it. I, yeah. I feel like he has it. Even like, I felt like even if we had another restart, he would have had it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was money on restarts. He was just, there was nobody better. Byron's good on the short run, but he wasn't as good as Blaney and Blaney was the best car in the long run. I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, I don't know. He needed it. He needed this and, but he's got to use it. Penske's got to use it. Ford has got to take something from this. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, and they weren't, they weren't terrible. I mean, Kevin Harvick led like for, I don't know, however many laps before Blaney passed them. And before that, it was Harvick and Logano one and two. And then, so, I mean, Ford, I feel like this is a big step extent for Ford too. I mean, Kevin Harvick, I mean, God damn, started second and fell to 30th. He was fucking 30. You should have been down there. You should have been sitting next to me. There's a video somewhere out there. I am screaming at the top. He's fucking 30th. He's He was second four minutes ago. He's 30th. I was having me a fucking come apart in the grandstands. And then next thing you know, he's leading the race. And I'm, well, they had that, that first, uh, my hand that, still hurts. I was beating the shit out of that fence. Well, they had that, that first uh, caution come out and they come down and pit and you texted me that he's 30th. And I was like, hang on, hang on. He's rim and bottom right now. <laughs> I mean, he was like, when you texted me that yeah. he was rolling yeah. through the, you know, through him, And I'm like, I'm like, are you paying attention? He's he's coming through right now. No, I was, I was, yeah, I was. One, I was. You get way too like devastated emotionally way too early. You're like Chase. Well, I haven't drank. I haven't. I haven't drank a lot of beer that whole weekend, so I was kind of catching up at that point. So I yeah. wasn't really thinking straight. Our, our buddy Chase. Uh, Chase uh, Folsom. I was he, about to say you don't know his last name. <laughs> I, it's been a long weekend, okay? But he's sitting there during like the first two stages, like acting like the five is just not. There's no possible chance that they they're gonna turn it around and get better. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, have you watched a, a race in the past two years? Like this turn- is news because you all you act like you act the same way. No, I don't. Not yeah. 150 laps in, or 150 miles into the Coca-Cola 600. No. Okay, yeah, maybe not 600. I don't know. Like, I'm normally not with you at the 600, so I don't... I'm usually not at the 600. Yeah. But I was sitting there the whole time like, 
I mean, like, yeah, they're bad, but they're going to make a big adjustment. And guess what? They had the hood rolled up, and they were making a big adjustment on the right front. And there's a lot of guys that had the hood up. Bowman did at one point. Suarez, four. Yeah, like, I mean, that's the kind of, of thing you would have done in practice. Yeah. That's what we saw. We saw we saw a lot of teams use the first 200 laps, give or take, as as practice sessions and turned it turned it around. They were not they were not Blaney good, but they 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 went from 20th to sub sub 20th place cars some of them to top 5 contending cars and it was that that part was super compelling i mean you just mentioned it harvick they were awful awful yeah. at one point and turned yep. it turned it around and that thing was on rails there for a minute and the five team did the same thing i mean um, look you don't have to point out all these other examples you can just leave it at kevin harvick was terrible and then they ended up doing good because he's kevin fucking harvick and that's rodney childers and you know there's some badasses those guys fuck they yeah they do they're 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 good at what they do just because harvick and them you know obviously you know this but a lot of people don't give them enough credit for how well they have been doing since in the past three seasons yeah because i mean realistically if they're anybody else they're back there with chase briscoe being historically ass as chase put it like he they how how is Stuart Haas this fucking bad dude well, clearly stretched too thin I mean dude seriously like I don't know what they're gonna do next year like I it, mean they probably should should not stumped. fill the spots <laughs> well it's like I was um was talking to somebody earlier this week um and they were like they're they're gonna be lost without a leader next year I mean, obviously, newsflash, Josh Berry's going to the four car. Um, And I think, I don't know, I think a lot of it falls on the shoulders of Rodney Childers and whether or not he he stays at that team next year. I think if he does, I think him and Josh will be a stellar combination. Um, I think they need to look at moving Rodney to competition director. Oh well, yeah. They either that, but I I'd like to see him one season with with Josh Berry. Yeah, I think that would be a hell of a combination. Um, but I I mean, you look at it. I mean, Eric Almirola is probably out. Um, there's a lot of rumors of who's getting that car, whether it's like Zane Smith or uh, Harrison Burton or um or uh, what's the other Todd Gillen. Um. There's a lot of speculation there of who's going to get it, but none of those guys are, you know, guys that are going to come in and make an immediate difference in the team. Um, so I think they're they're going to be in a little bit of an identity crisis next year, and they're going to they're going to need someone. Tony's obviously got everything in the world he's dealing with. Gene Haas is so. I mean, yeah, it probably would take a competition director like a Rodney Childers to. To kind of steer, get the ship righted. I mean, because Chase Briscoe, I mean, he pukes and rallies for sure. Um, and Ryan Priest kind of does the same thing. But you can't come from thirtieth every single week. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna win races, and you're damn sure not even gonna think about contending for a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, you could. And then Eric Amarillo is just gonna run fucking twenty fifth like he does every week. Yeah, I mean, you could swap the entire Hendrick stable over there, and they're only running mildly better as a quartet yeah and that's not that's not good 
Yeah. Like, obviously that's not good, but it's just like, it just, I feel like, like I, they have three B minus drivers over there. And I don't think that's really the problem here. I think ultimately they need to downsize. And I think something, even something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, I don't know. We haven't heard, we haven't heard anything about the 10 car. I know technically Eric Amarola is under contract for next year. uh, I mean, yeah, but everybody. Yeah. Technically. Um, And the assumption is that Smithfield is gone. I assume when Amarola leaves. I yeah, mean, why but, else would they have begged him to come back? Yeah, I don't know. That's the perfect opportunity to downsize. Is basically is the point I'm really getting at. Yeah, yeah. Um, never mind. Can't say that. Um, but anyway, uh, I was going on with something about this. Um, oh yeah, we were talking about how it was kind of a statement month. We we're gonna kind of get a feel for everything. Um, I got a couple of notables. Ross Chastain has cooled off. Yes. Uh, past couple of weeks. I mean, it was his month up until Wilkesboro. I don't know. Coincidentally, after Justin Marks, he made the remarks about kind of sitting Ross down. So that's kind of funny. Um, Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin are inconsistent as all hell. Mm-hmm. And Suarez is, he needs help. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're like he's having he's having a bad time. Yeah, they're not, not they're not doing very well over there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not it's not fun in this household right now. <laughs> I would imagine not. not a good time, not a good time. Um, and then William Byron, obviously good. Martin Shurex is actually pretty good. Uh, and Bubba Wallace is fucking stellar right yeah. now. I mean, if you count the All Star race, four straight top fives. Um. And I think that's something that like needs to be if they could stop screwing up on pit road, which is still a problem a year later. He, I mean, he he probably could have contended. I think he could have contended for the win yesterday. As fast as that car was at the end of the race, if he would have had more tracks, but he went from 16th to fourth on the last run of the race. Yeah, no one was doing that, especially not at that point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess Eric Almirola gave him a good push, got him jump started on that. Um, God, yeah. Um, but I do, no, think I, mean, I do think it's funny you you bring that up. It is like how many guys has Bubba physically gotten? And I feel like it's been several now. Dude, Eric Amaral is a bitch. That's like, true, but like I, if, fucking, it, the funny thing about bitch. Bubba is he gets into physical confrontations fairly regularly, and his his explanation on it is like always the same. To me, it feels like the explanation is always that the other guy's two-faced. I don't know. It seems like Bubba just takes remember. everything a little too personally, maybe. I don't know. I mean, not I to get Freddie... too deep into weeds, but you know another guy that's suffered with some mental health shit that takes shit way too seriously. That is true. And I know yeah. I know Freddie Freddie mentioned that um Freddie mentioned that he and Eric just don't like each other for yeah. whatever well, reason. I think it I think it comes down to uh, there's always a target on Bubba's back. And so I don't think Bubba really knows who he can really trust. And so I I think that leads more to, you know, having that sort of reaction to, you know, something like that. 
And then also Eric Almirola is two-faced. He, I mean, wh- he acts like are. he's the nicest dude in the world and then whines like a bitch on the have radio. You met, have you met a person? We're like all kind of like that in some way. Yeah. Yeah, but that's kind of just why I don't like Eric. Eric Almirola's useless. Like, <laughs> I mean, I know we, we try fair. to be unbiased on this podcast. Do we? No. Um, like that's news to me. Yeah, Eric, I just, dude. I mean, he he, Bubba flipped him off. Like, get over it. Yeah, I don't. Like, Eric, are you gonna get out and try to beat the shit out of somebody on the highway that flips you off? No, you're Probably. not. I, you know, I would hope not. Like, it would be funny if we found that out later, though. I guess I don't know. Bubba Wallace would rock his shit. Oh yeah, if Bubba gave a fuck. <laughs> like, I kind of wish he would have. Like they I had to replace the driver of the ten mid race because he got yeah. knocked out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Talk about storylines. Fucking a. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um, I think that's all we had. Alex Bowman's back. The yeah. hack is back. Talk about that first, or the. the I mean, yeah, thing. we're gonna we're gonna save the best for last. Okay, for sure. Okay, sounds good. Um. I forgot Alex was even in this race to be completely hey, that's honest. That's good. That's yeah. good. We didn't need a storyline. We didn't need we didn't need people to be like, damn, Alex is back and he sucks. He just kind of ran, yeah, ran okay. Yeah. I think he um I think the last run of the race didn't really go his way and he kind of slid back because he's running back half of the top five, top ten most of the day. And but you know, co- to come back and finish twelfth. In the longest race of the year, with when you're still hurt, too, yeah. and also Alex Bowman missed four races, three races, how, however many races he missed, I don't know. Uh, got a sixty point penalty. Alex Bowman is sixteenth. He's in the playoffs. Yeah, like that's pretty incredible. Put some respect on my boy, and put some respect on Kevin Hamlin's mustache. Right. He's a handsome gentleman. I'm just mad that mom's I words, not mine. I'm just mad I won't be able to use my Josh Berry pick, and I thought I was going to be able to use it this week. We'll get there, obviously. I know, yeah. Or I was hoping. I I kind of figured they weren't going to fly him yeah. in and out of Portland, but um, I know. I think people people are saying, oh, oh it's because he signed a contract with with the four, which I think it. I think that is part of it too. I think one, I they're not. Gonna, yeah, one, like you could. Well, I don't know. Because you like, got to think about like thing. That. Well, no, no, no. Almondinger yeah. ran both races last year, and they just got. Uh, I think it was Ben Rhodes to practice and qualify the car, so they could have gotten anyone, probably Carson Osovar, to practice and qualify nine car and flew Josh Berry in. But you know, you've just signed a contract with Stuart Haas Racing, um, allegedly, and you know we don't really want you in. Hendrick Murder Sports equipment anymore. Yeah, I don't know if I buy that. I 100% buy that. Here's the reason I don't is just because I Have feel like. Have you seen Legacy Motor Club? Yes, but this one's different. Wow. This one's different because he is where he is because Dale Jr. loves him. And mm-hmm. I guarantee you, when he got the offer for Stuart Haas Racing, assuming that happens, or it happened but just covering my ass in case for some reason it doesn't. Dude, when it comes down to shit like this, you got to take emotion and who who loves who and who got who the opportunity out of it. 
because he's still officially the reserve driver for Hendrick Motorsports, though. I don't know that he would be. I don't know that he technically is anymore. I don't know. I just feel like I, don't I know feel how like that the works, almond, but yeah, I assume he signed a contract. I feel like that so was a convenient excuse to be like, oh, we don't want to fly you from Portland. Here's the thing. I think Almondinger ran Gateway because he wanted to. Not because he was contractually obligated to. Yeah. Maybe maybe Corey will enjoy having that bad take about the Chase Elliott thing. Maybe that really did push him over. Maybe Josh was the guy, and then Rick watched, listened to Stacking Pennies. He was like, hmm, never mind. Or maybe they're getting, re- getting ready to fire Chase Elliott and actually <laughs> want to see if they can get Corey LaJoy. I'm kidding, obviously. Yeah, but I'm sure that's what, yeah. I'm it is, sure. It is weird. Okay, I guess we'll wait to get into that but no go ahead no okay. i mean that was it all is I had. legitimately weird that they were like all right let's grab Corey lajoy like because it's not well, i mean they talked about it um when he broke his leg i guess the the thing that's weird to me about it is more that there's no room at hendrick so if this was a if this was a situation more where you know we got a guy coming up in a couple years getting ready to retire and you really want to look at Corey LaJoy as possibly actually being on your team, it makes more sense, but there's no room at Hendrick. There's not going to be for the foreseeable future. That's what makes this odd to me. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's kind of, yeah, other than the fact that Josh Berry was technically the reserve driver for Hendrick, it's kind of the it's kind of the same thing. I mean, Josh Berry's not on the, on the docket to drive a Hendrick car in the future. Corey LaJoy's not really um plus william byron fucks up really bad definitely not the other guy um (laughs) so i mean it's it's kind of the same deal um with that uh i don't know it's uh we'll come back to Corey. um i don't know i just feel like i feel like the barry thing i guess yes yeah chevy could say yeah don't put him in our cars anymore that's i Definitely believe that. I 100% believe that. But Rick has pole and he's Josh is in yeah, the car. And I'm sure Rick is like, I don't want, he's going to, he's going to Ford next year. Rick no. has pole. Josh is in that spot because he's friends with Dale Jr. And Dale Jr. would have told him, you better take that SHR ride because I'm not getting in the Cup Series in the next couple of years. So you need to do that. I'm telling you, Dale Jr. has more pole than manufacturers. I don't care if that's true or not. I'm going to roll with it. None. I got nothing. I got nothing I could say about that. I, Dale not because you're right. <laughs> I don't care. Dale Jr. speaks um, and makes anything happen he wants. All right. We've had, pretty, team. we've had fun on this podcast. Now let's have even more fun. Um, oh, boy. Here's. Yep. Uh, so if you are a fan of Chase Elliott, you know who you are. Sorry for what's about to happen. Um, you just gave up two races worth of points when you are within striking distance of pointing your way into the playoffs. And you just threw that away because Denny Hamlin squeezed you twice. Or I guess he did hit him. Okay, cool. Good talk, oh, Seth. I thought you were going to keep talking. Oh, no. Because you normally do. Um, yeah, no, there's no 
there's no there's no explanation for this. I mean, yeah. no, there's there's an explanation for it. There's no excuse for it. Yeah. Chase Elliott is the most easily rattled driver in the Cup Series. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, he is so easily just you get get in his head like that. Yeah. And he gets out and he and he lies about it the way I lie. <laughs> like if he's not wearing sunglasses, it's super easy to tell. I mean, it is super easy to tell already, but he has the worst poker face in it NASCAR. Does. I swear to yeah. God. Like yeah. Chase Elliott. I'm happy for him. I'm really, I, I really, no, seriously, I really am happy for him. He's, I'll he's, see you at Bristol next week. He, yeah. And I understand you can't just own it these days, but like if he'd at least gotten out of the car and said, like he should have known he was suspended at that point. Just say it. He had to have known. I mean, Alan came over the radio and said, bring it back to pits. So let's try to fix this piece of shit. I mean, I think they all knew that we just fucked up big time. Yeah. And it's like, um, and the reason I say he's the most easily rattled driver in the cup series, like, right. I guess like I, that might be an exaggeration, but it's not very much of one. Um, yeah. Bubba Wallace is pretty easily rattled. Yeah. But he does not have the laundry list of things like this that Chase does. Here's the here's the thing about this is I mean the fact I don't know, man. Like you can't Yeah, I mean it's tough because yeah, you can't you can't own it. But I mean at that point, I mean we got the you we have so much data smt is i mean you can't get away with shit anymore in the cup series i mean denny hamlin posted smt on twitter like he's got the red receipts yeah. like you're you're done dude um and yeah i mean it's just take away all right take away the the safety part of it just the the i don't know man just the the thought process in that i mean clearly there was none it was a knee-jerk reaction but like dude you're like here and here's the thing here's the thing about the bubble wallace incident and this incident the bubble wallace incident bubble wallace is not a champion of the sport He's not been as around as long as Chase Elliott. Not that Chase hasn't been around that much longer than Bubba. But as far as in top tier equipment, racing with the veterans of the sport, Bubba Wallace has not been there. Most of his career, he's been in the back. Well, not the back, but in the mid mid tier of the field where they race like assholes. And so when you get to the front of the field, they race differently. And, you know, he handled a situation poorly in that and you know i think you could chalk up a lot of it to the inexperience of racing around those type of guys and realizing that they're not racing you like a dickhead they're more like i mean kyle the kyle 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 that was racing racing like yeah he was racing him a little bit like a dickhead but also like you know it is that's it's not as much just being dumb it's more or less just you know, you got to fight for every, everything you get, especially when you get in the top 10. And I think Bubba, like I said, he just, he didn't have that experience of it. And he, he fucked up. He did something like just dumb 
And I think not not saying it was excusable because it wasn't, but it's more excusable than this. Because then you have Chase Elliott, who races these guys every single week and has been racing these guys for however many years. Yeah, exactly. And he's quote unquote a champion of the sport. Um and you you just can't blow your head off your shoulders like that. Like you're Chase fucking Elliott. You got the weight of this entire sport on your shoulders, and you do that? Like, come on, bro. Like there's just much know. smarter like so again, it's again like the bubble wall since that I understand the frustration. I do put him there, back in the wall. Chase Elliott yeah. did one of the most sorry. He did one of the most masterful jobs at retaliating to a person I've ever seen in my life. Was at Phoenix 2017. Hamlin junks him at Martinsville and Chase doesn't wreck him, doesn't even touch him. He just he puts Hamlin him. He does he plays chicken with him. Basically, you could back out or you're gonna hit this wall. He hit the wall, Denny Hamlin blows a tire. That's the end of Denny Hamlin's championship right then and there. That was one of the greatest you know, examples of retaliation with a scalpel and instead of a hammer that I've ever seen. And here we are seven years later or six years later. And he just makes himself look like a, a Bush league truck driver. You know what the difference is now between, between then and now what Chase Elliott was the best driver at Hendrick at that point. From oh, the, I knew you were going to fucking say that. I, it's true. It's true. No. I mean, you look at it. Yeah, it's 100% true. You look at it. Since 2021, he has been teetering with third best driver at Hendrick at some points. Teetering. I wouldn't go as far as to say third best, but he's definitely playing second fiddle. And we've said it on this podcast before. He's got little brother syndrome for sure. And And it shows in the way he has reacted to everything. Let's go. And that's, yeah, I mean, because Chase used to take a lot of things out on himself that weren't even his fault. Um, I think, it, I mean, that's why the the Denny Hamlin deal was so, the, the Martinsville deal was so one-sided is because it was the first time we saw Chase stick up for himself. And, you know, but now as we've gotten down the road, he he just... He there's we've said it before. He gets he does something questionable and he's got half the damn grandstands cheering his name. And so he gets out of the car and he thinks he's right every single time. And then you get in the position where you're not you're not the top dog. And yeah, you start kind of acting like a it's like a it's like a middle child, essentially. Like when you know, you were the baby, and so you got all the attention. And then, you know, you your parents have another kid, and that kid gets all the attention. And then, so you start acting up to get the attention back on you. That's what it. That's what it seems like to me. Well, it just, yeah, it. I don't know if what I was going to say is going to actually go with that at all. I don't know. I don't have. I don't have but one sibling, so I don't really know. But um, it. Yeah, I just the stark contrast in the way he's reacted to everything in 2021 yeah. onward. 2020 and before, the way he reacted to everything was 
about as calm, cool, and collected as I've ever seen in the Cup Series. Yeah. He never really showed getting rattled by anything. No. They didn't. brought in the best driver in the sport of auto racing. Currently. Uh, I wouldn't say Kyle Larson is the best driver in the sport. I'd say he's the greatest race car driver in the world. What is the difference? Um, the other one sounds cooler. Okay. I don't like saying that because it sounds like I am a kiss ass. That's why I say it. Anyway, yeah. anyway I mean, yeah. they bring him in. And ever since then, yes, Chase was better last year. So fucking what? In a down cup series year, Chase right. pointed his way in. Anyway, right, that's not irrelevant. really the point. That's not really the point. But we saw how he reacted with the Kevin Harvick incident. Yes, he did help Kyle Larson get another win, but it wasn't because it was Kyle. It was because well, and of that. that. And that's, dude, yeah. The Fontana incident where he blew up, understandably upset, but the way he blew up and then wrecked on purpose to bring a caution out. 100% wrecked on purpose, too. Absolutely. Like, We've been talking about Chase Elliott race manipulation forever. Yes. Whether it's on him or not. I mean, Bristol, obviously, I mean, that was as blatant as it gets. And then California was a little bit less blatant. Um, but I think it would have been blown up more had Kyle not still ended up winning the race. Yeah. Um, but then you you have instances like the Roval in 21 where. And this is totally not this is not on Chase at all. It's on the sanctioning body. He's got a fucking rear a TV panel flapping in the wind. And, you know, that flies off. I mean, that could have hurt somebody. Yeah. And, you know, we're just going to let it go because of, you know, who he is. And, you know, we don't black flag. We wait four laps at the Roval for it to fly off so we can throw a caution so it's convenient for him. So, I mean, you add all these things together. And, yeah, I guess it is going to make you – make you react to things a little bit different and you're going to have a little bit more you're going to be it, more of a an, brat it's an entitlement <laughs> issue yeah it's it is 100% an entitlement issue chase right now has an entitlement issue which despite being a silver spoon i guess we can call him i know not as bad as some others but despite being that he didn't show that yeah, exactly. The first, the first portion of his career, he was very calm, very cool, very collected, and he has not been that way the past no, three seasons. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and it, it kind of it sucks too because he is the most popular driver, and he has these legions of fans. There's a lot of them out there that think the kid can do no wrong, and I mean, you know, there's it just that's not that's not good for the sport it makes us you know makes the sport divided when things like this do happen you have the people who are like who know like yeah chase really screwed up there and you know you have a third of the fan base like no he, he didn't do anything wrong you can right hook people it's totally fine it was justified then he touched them like yeah. I, I mean, I mean this. That's not really a NASCAR specific problem. I mean, we have no, it's legions, not. But it, legions it, it of is, Lewis Hamilton fans this, out there that are the same this, way. This wasn't. This is new for NASCAR. This wasn't like this with Dale Jr. It, it, yeah. it is. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but I don't. Okay, I was younger. I don't necessarily remember, yeah. but I don't remember it being being as bad with Dale Jr. But well, I mean, Dale wasn't either, as competitive for the entirety of his career yeah. either. Well, anyway, the the point I was getting at was 
we need there is Chase Elliott on a good day is a is a funny, you know, witty, fun dude to be around who's a hell of a race car driver and can carry the sport on its shoulders and carry it with class. But on his worst day, he's just as bad as a Carson Hosevar. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. This this deal is, it's just shitty. It's just shitty. I mean, there's, obviously, we all know the, the right-hooking someone is the worst thing you can do in this sport. 100%. And you have the most the two most polarizing drivers in NASCAR do this within months of each other and it's pretty it's not a good look i mean i don't know i it's, think i think i'm really hoping that chase getting suspended here is a good thing long term for him yeah um cuz like i said he's had a bit of a entitlement issue it feels like um and maybe hopefully this is just Here's, a big wake up call. The only reason I'm I'm gonna disagree with you is Bubba's suspension was it was unprecedented. No one had ever been suspended for right hooking a guy. Um, but NASCAR put their foot down and said, you know what? You're not people you can't do this. You're and you're gonna face the consequences. You would have thought that would have been a message to the entire sport. But here we are eight months later and the most popular driver in the sport goes and does it. And it's it's getting to the point where I think <laughs> it should have been. I think I almost want to say the penalty should have been more severe. I yeah, almost want to say that. Huh? I kind of, I kind of felt that way too. Yeah, like, and this has nothing. Obviously, we are very much. We had to put it a certain way. We are very much an anti Chase Elliott podcast, but this has nothing to do with Chase Elliott at this point. This could have been any. It could have been Kevin Harvick, and I, I think the penalty probably should have been more severe. Whether it's you, you take points away as well as suspension, or it's a two race suspension. Because, I mean, you know, he's still playoff eligible. He's already missed however many six races. I mean, it doesn't really change. The only, yeah, obviously, he, I said earlier in the show that he had a shot at pointing his way in. Realistically, Chase viewed it as they were going to have to win. And nothing's changed. I mean, yeah, you take away an opportunity for yourself to win, really, too. I mean, he probably could have had it a shot had they had time to work on it and things went his way last night. But the goal's still the same for Chase Elliott. Nothing changed. And, you know, I think it you kind of got to look at, you know, things like playoff eligibility, you know, when it comes to suspending someone now. Cause I mean Well I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because before when we've talked about suspensions You've been on the train of it should not affect your playoff eligibility. Yeah, and and that been, was I've a thought bad that take. It, okay, I was <laughs> I was curious. I was just curious because I've always thought it should. Now, granted, if we just got rid of winning your end, this wouldn't be a problem anyway. If you had to point your way that in, no also, matter what, then it wouldn't make 
elixir. Well, I think the I think the fucking yeah, when and you're in, and then also the 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 rule that you have to you have to uh, compete in every race. I think is I think that's the dumbest rule ever. One because they're all contractually I mean, obligated. Yeah, exactly. They're contractually obligated um, to do so, and like no one's going to just sit out a race and i don't know i don't know bubba might sit out a road course or two but (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um but i mean and they give out no one like very few people have been denied a waiver and the only person i think of that was was grant infinger and that was fucking horseshit yeah um but i mean yeah i i think I'm on the boat of, yeah, it probably needs to affect your playoff eligibility. At the very least, like we heard on Door Bumper Clear, they said take away playoff points. Um, I think that is probably a good move. Or, Well, and the or, argument I've been hearing is it's not the team's fault. Don't, don't punish them. And that's a team sport. Well, it's a terrible point because – you can take away driver playoff eligibility without taking away team playoff eligibility. You can do that. This not, it's not, I mean, it's unprecedented, I guess, Yeah. but it wouldn't be impossible if we, now I think you kind of have to stick with this for this season because it's not in the rule oh, book. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, based off the way we've done it in the past and the way well, the rule it's book tough because we're just, this is the first time we're dealing with this too, really. Yeah. Cause Bubba already obviously missed yeah. the playoffs last year. Um, but yeah, I think, I think if we go into next season and well, again, get rid of winning your end, we don't have this problem at all anyway, but they won't do that because it's not, the storylines we really needed Casey Kane in the playoffs in 2014 when he ran like dog ass every week, but, um, and, and we really needed Austin Dillon in the playoffs, um, last season, you know, over Martin tricks. You don't have to name every person that, Oh, I just, I, I, I love doing it. It's so fun. Um, it's funny because I think, I think some of these guys who won to get in the playoffs, and didn't do anything else the rest of the season. I think they're more memorable now to me just because I hate it so much. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, you obviously they're not going to do that. But if you literally just take away their playoff eligibility, I don't know how that would work if it's like the points leader. I don't know how that would really work. Uh, I guess you just take away their win and you're in. Um that's what you could do. Yeah, you could take away their win in your end eligibility and they have to point their way in. You could yeah. definitely do that if you just write the rule um, yeah. in the off season. That might be the solution here. You got to do something. You have to do something other than because, I mean, honestly, let's let's be honest. All these teams care about is making the playoffs. Yeah, that's all they care about. Um, there's too much money and too much, you know, prestige with making the playoffs for the entire organization so you have to make it harder you have to make it in like very like you got to make it a whole lot harder to make the playoffs if you do something i mean because you got to do something really fucked up to get suspended yeah and you know right hooking a guy you know on the front straightaway at Charlotte at 100 and whatever miles an hour. 
yeah, it's pretty, that's, you know, it, that's worthy of, hey, maybe you shouldn't be in the playoffs this year. Yeah, just for context, I was, Denny hit the wall directly in front of me. That hit was fucking vicious. I know it yeah. looked like, it definitely looked like it on TV, but seeing it, hearing it live, it one was of, vicious. It's one of the, I mean, that rivals the Ryan Priest Talladega as yeah. far as hits go. I mean, that was a hit. Yeah. And it was just unnecessary. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah. But I don't know, dude. It's NASCAR made the right call. I was very proud of him for that because I think obviously not who chases, which shouldn't come into play, but it does. Um, and that's not necessarily on Chase. Also, who Chase drives for. Um, you know, obviously we've talked about a lot how Hendrick tends to get away with a lot. Um so I think NASCAR did a uh, they did a good job in, you know, actually had the, they suspended Chase Elliott. I'm really I proud of I'm I proud was, of Hendrick too for not fighting it. Yeah, like, that too. I mean, I think because this was clear and obvious. Like, there's yeah. like there's no excuse for it. Well, I'm sure I, Jeff I, Gordon I, sat down with them and said. Or was said down with Chase and the team and said, guys, we're not fighting this. Like, well, when all of Twitter has your SMT data and sees your, you know, sees you blatantly, you know, make a hard left, harder left than you've gone the entire race, harder left than me at a voting booth. Like, yeah, it's going to be hard to appeal that. Well, and also we talk about we talk about how the penalty maybe should have been more severe because I mean, we just saw this. And yeah. it didn't it didn't change anything. It's kind of like it, the rule good. probably I feel like you could make the rule multiple races and you lose your playoff eligibility. but I think that might be enough. You gotta do something with your playoff eligibility. Yeah. I think it, it comes down to that. Um yeah, I mean, because I don't think it's like I don't know. It's like shoplifting, but you get to keep the item. Yeah. In I a know. sense. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it comes down. And also like the the failing tech thing, like you fail tech two or three times and nothing really happens to them. And then they finally made it to where, OK, if you fail tech a certain amount of times, you're just it's gradually gets worse and worse yeah. for you. Um, but yeah. So obviously Chase is out. Um, we talked about Coriel Joy is going to be the driver in the nine car. Um, it is put up or shut up time for Coriel Joy. He, he's been a pick me driver for however many years. Say, put me in a good car. Put me in a good car. I can do it. Here's your shot, dude. This is it. That's a lot to put on one race with a team he's never raced with before. He he's done. He's done sim time with Hendrick and for Hendrick. He's this is if Josh Berry can do what Josh Berry did, Corey LaJoy should be light years ahead of that because he's he's gotten so much time in a next gen car. He does have more experience with Hendrick Motorsports as a cup organization than Josh Berry ever did. It this is this is it. This is his shot. If Corey was gonna drive several races for Hendrick, I would agree with you, but they could literally just miss the setup and Corey looks terrible. 
I don't see how this one result is going to show or change anything. I mean, yeah. I mean, ultimately, you're right. But when you look at, like, when you look at, people aren't going to, people aren't going to think about that. People well, aren't going to look at that. People in the industry will, and that's all that really matters. I don't, I don't even know if that's true. I mean, it's, if he doesn't, he's got, if, I'm just saying, it, this is, this is one of his best opportunities ever had. Let's be yes. honest. Yes. And let's just say they do hit the setup and he runs mediocre. You know, what, what are you going to say? I mean, I mean, well, we won't, I don't know. We won't know any of this stuff. We won't know if they hit the setup and he runs 15th. We won't know that. I mean, and, and yeah. look, I'm not even a big Corey LaJoy guy. I think the more I listen to Stacking Pennies, the less I really like him. He's a fucking kiss ass. But it's like, I, I don't know. Just it, one week in in a car you, with a team. Yes. Uh, look. yes, he's done stuff with Hendrick, but he's never been in a race situation with Alan Gustafson. It boils down to this. It's the Cup Series. It's not, it's not late models. It's not Xfinity. It's not, you know, whatever it is. This is the fucking show. And you got, you gotta, you gotta make the most of everything. And if, you know, if he comes in there and he screws up, you know, if he himself screws up, if he does something to, you know, mess this race up, and it's clear that there's a they have a good enough car. I think you no longer can look at Corey LaJoy as a talent where you know that deserves a better opportunity. Okay, because I mean, I, I think he's playing with house money right now. I don't I mean he honestly he he's 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 got it's a double edged sword. It's the best opportunity he's ever had. And if he can make the most of it, it's going to be huge for him. But if he doesn't, I think it's just going to, it's going to make him kind of look like used goods in a sense. I mean, yeah, that's just my opinion. I just feel like, I feel like if he goes in there and runs great, then that's fantastic for him. And I feel like if they run in there and struggle, I don't, I don't think it changes much. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, yeah. we don't we don't know, but I just think I think you put any driver into a car for one weekend. I don't think it means anything. I mean, we saw how bad Ross Chastain was this this past week or yesterday. I mean, we saw how bad he was. That doesn't indicate anything long term. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll put it to bed after this. Like, I think. I think as far as a driver hopping in one race in a car for one race. This is the most prepared anyone's ever been. Okay. So I think I'll it probably, I, huh? I can concede that. Yeah. I mean, so I think, I think there's a lot of pressure on Corey to, to make it, make it work. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, Carson Osmar in the seven. Um, that's fucking ironic. Yes. That, uh, 
the Mr. Right Hook himself. <laughs> well, that's that's another it's a cup. Yeah, it's a cup ride because someone right hooks someone. I'm wondering why he was the first choice. I well, that's what I was kind of thinking too. Like, why was he the first choice? Yeah, I. It's kind of it's kind of well, well that we're dumb. Why? What car did he race yesterday? He was an Aspire car. He was in the Aspire 77. We're dumb. Yeah. yeah um, right. I don't know. I was the one who was saying, put Raja Karuth in the nine. Fuck it. Send it. That would <laughs> have been, that would have been crazy. That would have been nuts. Man yeah. just lost his truck ride or just found out he's not coming back to his truck ride next year. And he gets to put, get put in the nine cup car. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I mean, Carson, that's, See, your argument for Corey Joy, I put that on Carson Osvar. Like, never yeah, been an Carson action car. Carson is absolutely he's, playing I mean, with house money, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he got the – he's got great – now, Carson – now, that's a good – that's a good uh, it's a good betting line. Uh, Carson Osvar versus Corey LaJoy. I mean, I guess if the odds were like 25 to 1 on Carson – I don't know. I don't, I'd think we're, about we're getting it. too deep in the weeds, but like I think, I don't know. I think I, I don't know. That, we'll see how like practice and shit goes, but I think um that'd be one of those ones I'd put like ten bucks on in the hope that like Corey just has a mechanical failure and Carson can win that way. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see because Carson's really impressed in the Xfinity car. Um, he hadn't finished outside the top ten, I don't think. Yeah, he was really fast yesterday. Yeah, sure. um, and he was great at Darlington. Um, so it'll be interesting because I think I think this car might suit him more because it's, you know, obviously he's good in trucks and it's comparable to trucks, but it also you are on the edge a little bit more like an Xfinity car. So I think it's a hybrid of both, and I think it'll be a good fit for him. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, other than that, you got anything else for the Coca-Cola 600? No, no, I'm basically tapped on the Coca-Cola 600. Yeah. Um, wild. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Sundress, dumbass. Sundress, I went with, uh, Zane. He ran really well in the 38 or yeah, 38, 38 car. And yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, top 10, he led on that restart, and I thought he was going to free fall, and he ends up finishing 10th. I think we've been high on Zane for a while. I think he's probably one of the top talents, and I think he's finally getting the recognition for it. Um, another, uh, another sundress. Uh, I bought a track house racing jacket. And it was like, it wasn't even a rain jacket, but it was like the best rain jacket ever. Just so shout out that jacket. Really came in clutch this weekend. Shit, beads like there's fucking rain X on it. Um, and then the uh, the real sundress, probably of the century, Eric Jones's fiance, hundred percent, dude. So I get I, so we were at Saeed's on Saturday. I don't even know if I should be telling this story, but I'm going to. 
Uh, we're at Saeed's and, and um, we see we see Holly there. And, you know, we're mingling amongst the peoples and we get to talking to her and she I guess she was celebrating something um, with you know, concerning the engagement, her and Eric. Um, and I guess Eric was off reading to like children in Bangladesh because it was like two in the morning or whatever. Um, and so I I buy I just I, I buy um everybody in our group there around the jello shots, give them the holly, whatever. And a couple of minutes later, she comes back with like a fry basket full of fucking jello shots. And she's like, You ready? <laughs> and so um we took a couple jello shots and then um she got up on the karaoke stand and sang gangster paradise oh my god and that was the funniest fucking thing in the world and shout out to her she's a fucking gangster if i've ever seen one so holly you were you were the sundress of the week all right and of the century probably yep holly holly uh, you weren't there. You don't get that joke. Yeah. Well, it's it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um yeah. We already, we already did dumbass. Yeah, it's fucking Chase Elliott. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. No. No further. I mean, we already explained it, but no further explanation. No further explanation needed. needed. Um. And um, who are you picking for uh, what you call it? Um, I am picking Corey LaJoy. <laughs> I ask you first you did um, ask of course i lost this week so actually that's not even who i was gonna pick i have who i've written down um i'm gonna pick zane smith he's in the 38 car again so i'm gonna pick zane smith yeah i picked todd this past week not even thinking to check what car he was in hey man um didn't didn't work you, out for me yeah you were thinking with your never mind um <laughs> boy's still fine as fuck yeah um and now um before we go we got a new segment on the show that we're gonna try to remember to do every week um ask big motor small blade that's the name of it tentatively until we come up with a more a dumber name for it like we do for everything um so i went took to instagram and um facebook and i think twitter too and um asked you guys to give us some questions and we'd answer them right here on the pod um seth did you gather any from twitter no no you didn't gather your fame is fleeted it's really only on that one post okay you should have just retweeted you should have just quoted the post in any way anyway so i got some questions um first one comes from our, our buddy chase Folsom. uh shout out to him um, he didn't even, um, he didn't give a question. He just said, just a hot take. Larson will run better at Indy than Charlotte in 24 and 25. Yeah, okay. So that comes <laughs> from Folsom is he's like, he thinks that something always happens to Kyle at Charlotte, which has happened more often than Was not. he not there when Kyle won? in 21 he was he he yeah. said excluding that one race and that roval race well yeah we're talking about the oval but oh, okay yeah oh that's the other thing i guess i wanted to talk about i'm so sick of hearing that we need to get rid of the roval already but anyway 
Um, oh, yeah. I meant Hold to bring on. that up earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I meant to bring something up earlier. All right. We'll get back to the questions here in a second. Hold on. Sorry. Yeah. Keep the Roval. One, adds yes. prestige to the 600. The Roval's a great race. Nothing more to be said about that. Why, why do we always think, oh, man, we have this great thing. Let's make 17 of it. That's how we ended up with fucking half the schedule being mile and a half. Yep. Like, just we we got this great thing. It makes the 600 more prestigious than it's ever been in our lifetimes, at least. Yeah. So it, let it let it be that. Let it be that. We don't yes. need. Don't get rid of the Roval. Um, yep. And because then apparently, because apparently, six super speedways is a scarcity, Jordan Bianchi. But six road <laughs> courses is just too goddamn many. Yeah. Um, anyway, I needed to say I've had that thought in my yeah. head all day. I had it written down. I total. I totally forgot to forgot to talk about it. Um, and then um, the Southern Five Hundred. Obviously, the three crown jewels we established: Daytona, Charlotte, Darlington. Southern Five Hundred needs. I think it needs four stages, but only no. Well, here here's why I say that: the Daytona Five Hundred. And the Coca-Cola 600 award more points than any other race on the schedule. Obviously, the duels, you get points for the duels, and you get there's an extra stage in the 600. We need to figure out a way to have Darlington be that as well. Because yeah, I mean, it if would we work. really if it we would... want to have this, I feel like the past couple of years, you know, especially since Indy's kind of gone away and. We we've kind of in Darlington went back to Labor Day. We've kind of kind of dubbed these three races. I mean, they've always been crown jewel races, but it's like it's more prevalent now. And so I feel like why shouldn't they be worth more than every other race? Yeah, I mean and that's two, fair. Two out of three are, but we have but, to get rid of the stage cautions. Exactly. We're do it. Yeah. yeah. Because That's, the issue I've had with the the six hundred having four stages is it completely ruins the it strategy. Ruins all strategy. Yeah. So we got to figure that out. But I think it should be. That's the thing with the past two years at the six hundred is that they've been incredible races, totally in spite of that. Because yeah. it doesn't set yeah. the way that the hundred 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 format just does not lend itself to it working out that way just because it's like you have one pit stop in the middle let's say it runs green which obviously they have in the past two years but you have the one cost you know one stop in the middle and that's it and it's just i don't know you can do so much more if you just run the race out yeah naturally but obviously we haven't really had to deal with that the past two years but it's going to teeter back that direction i would imagine and yeah obviously obviously it's the same with everywhere but yeah but yeah that's my hot take. Darlington needs four stages. It's fair. It's but fair. we need need to get rid of stage cautions. Yep. Um, I think I think that'd be a good and it being like the first race of the playoffs, too. I mean, you want you don't just add all the gimmicks, add the gimmick. <laughs> I, still, I still want it to not be the first race yeah, of the playoffs. I, I know. I know. Um nine okay. playoff races, damn it. Nine. Yeah whatever um and at about that moment we kind of forgot to end the episode uh we continued with our q a segment be sure to tune in for that uh that'll be up tomorrow i believe 
Um, he's been Buddy Polly, aka Dumbass, and I'm Seth Dolby, aka Sundress. Be sure to tune in for the Q&A session and the special Indy 500 episode um, out later this week. We will go into the Indy 500, the controversy, Joseph Newgarden, and my attempt and successful attempt at doing the double. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you.